0: Do not. <laughs> I feel that my, my work was, was betrayed. You have all the fury which Didier Dropper is directing at the referee now. referee's
1: uh, There obviously seem to be a palpable uh, discord between manager and players. Palpable discord.
2: Hello and welcome back to Powerball Discord, the Chelsea podcast. I'm your host, Jack Rathborn, and I'm joined as always by Grant James and Will Dubé. We're talking off the back of a 4-0 Champions League win for Chelsea in Russia at Krasnodar. Goals from Callum Hudson-Odoi, Timo Werner, a first goal for Hakim Ziek, and Christian Pulisic's first goal of the new season. Uh, it made for an interesting game. Uh, the... Frank Lampard's side uh, tightened up at the back, and this was an opportunity to really sort of uh, find the balance. Um, His team selection was was pretty interesting, Uh, just notably Rudiger coming in from a cold, partnering Zuma. Uh, You had Timo Werner uh, through the middle again. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi now off the left, which I think is his preferred role, but that that is a, a highly competitive position. Uh, so just to start things off, um, Grant, um, on the team selection, anything that stood out for you and gave you concern or encouragement from the start before a ball was kicked in Russia?
1: I think in general I was happy with the selection. Obviously seeing um, Hudson-Odoi back in the, in the starting 11 after missing out on the, the 18 altogether uh, at, you know, at Old Trafford. Um, obviously the biggest talking point is Rudiger coming in basically from the cold uh, to start the game, which is a really strange situation because... Um, basically, he was Lampard's first choice centre-back last season, and then for some reason, that we have no idea, you know, what actually happened between them, he dropped down to fifth choice during this preseason. season um, Basically, as recently as about three weeks ago, the 5th of October, Transfer Deadline Day, we were desperately trying to shift him, and he was trying to find himself and move as well. And, yeah, you fast-forward a couple of weeks, and he's in the starting lineup for a Champions League game. It's a very curious situation, I think, because None of us know what's gone on, if it's based on football or if it's based on a some sort of falling out they had on the training grounds. It's really difficult to know what's behind Lampard's thinking. And I don't think it makes him look particularly good because it makes him look a little bit weak that you know he, he had maybe the, the strength to decide Rüdiger was the, the one he wanted to get rid of. But we know he's a big personality. He's very close with Zuma. He's obviously German teammates with Habert and Werner. And... He's the sort of player you want to keep you know, on side if he's going to be at the club for the season or at least until January. It does seem like it's a lot easier just to involve Rudiger in the side and not have to deal with any issues off the field than it is to sort of leave out Tamori, who's, you know a nice, quieter kid, um, a youth product, owes Lampard quite a lot from, you know, obviously, Lampard took him to Derby and played him at center back, which um, some of his other loan clubs hadn't done and gave him a big chance last season, so he clearly owes Lampard a bit, and he's probably not going to rock the boat too much. He's also chosen to stay himself, even though the club did seem open to loaning him out, so he can't really have too many complaints. The club can sort of say, you know, we told you there's no guarantee of game time. So it does make Lampard look slightly weak that he's recorded really good this early when he had doubts about him a few weeks ago. I mean, he's, he made a mistake one way or another, either by judging the situation wrong in preseason or, um, or now. And as I said on Twitter, and I've said, I've said in this, on this podcast before, I'm not as down and really good as everyone else, despite his poor season last time out. Um, he's obviously done well for us in the past, under Conte, um, having a good run of clean sheets uh, around Christmas time, winning the man of the match in the FA Cup final, having a really strong season under Maurizio Asari, playing almost, almost every game until he injured his knee in around April. Um, obviously, last season he struggled, but... Him and Zuma have worked really well. I mean, in their last five starts as a pairing in a back four, they've kept five clean sheets. 2-0 um, win against Liverpool, a 4-0 win against Everton, both before the before COVID hit. And then after that, a 1-0 win in the FA Cup at Leicester and a 1-0 home win against Norwich, albeit that was a very straightforward game. And then obviously last night as well, despite some of the chances we gave up, another clean sheet, so they are a reliable pairing. And I think we've seen Tamori and Zuma be reliable and Thiago Silva and Zuma looking quite uh, promising and reliable so far. So I don't think we're in bad shape in that area. Um, and arguably, all our form players right now are really the defenders uh, for the fullbacks and the centre defenders are, are playing quite well. And none of the midfielders are forwards. So it's, I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad selection or that I'm down on Ridiger really and he shouldn't be in, you know, anywhere near the team i just find it baffling and quite curious how lampard's gone about this thought process and what is actually motivated his decisions
2: yeah I, I agree i think you're right grant it's um it's definitely a um, a big call from lampard to um to, to 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 walk it back as such because it obviously um it, it defines what he, what he what he thinks about about tomori um the, the leniency he's had with um, with Rudiger, whatever, transpired. Um, Lampard did say I've had discussions with Antonio um, and all the players as, regu- as regularly as I can do. I've always had a good, positive relationship with him. Everything I do for the selection and for the team and every week with the squad we have at the minute, you have to have players out of the squad. It's always big news for everybody. He's in the squad and in contention to play. That's what happened before. And he he made a point of saying how he was, he was very pleased with his performance um, uh, following the win. Um, Will just on the, uh, sticking on the centre backs, um, how did you see see the partnership? Because initially, for me, if we we look at that first half, um, it was quite sterile in possession, and I think Rudiger and um, Zuma had a lot to do with that. Uh, the passing for me was was very um, predictable. It was. Right into feet. It didn't progress much. Uh, neither centre back appeared to have the ambition or the um, or the guts to play to play through um, Krasnodar's quite compact shape. I was, I was pretty impressed with them and the way that they set up, uh, put the onus on on the certainly the centre backs and and the full backs to try and um, either move move forward or, or thread the ball forward. Um, Chelsea definitely struggled initially with that. So how how did you see the partnership um, start at least and then eventually develop um, both defensively and in possession?
0: Um, yeah, I've, I think we we had some issues progressing the ball, like you said. I think part of that was to do with maybe Zuma and, and Rüdiger uh, maybe not being as forceful of their passing as they could have been. But I, I do think it was a bit of a shape issue. We had a... Um, I think we we set up in quite an odd way in um in in the build up. I think it was it was Zuma and and Rudiger were very narrow. Um, they weren't really spreading. Generally, I think you you know most teams you see them uh, split their centre backs quite uh, quite wide, and then another midfielder sort of pops into the middle to make a free and create an overload quite deep, and then you know that that'll attract. Uh, you know the the either the the number 10 and center forward that's pressing or the in their case it was they were kind of out of shape in more of a 442 um but with them being quite narrow and then uh, Jorginho ahead of them um and then it, it at times it looked like a 433 three, even in the first half um i don't know whether that was partly because um uh, havertz was just coming really deep on that right hand side to to come and collect the ball out of frustration with us not being able to build um, but it, it, I think it required the centre-backs to sort of uh, split even further and, and, and drop Jorginho further in. Um, so I think it was, it was a mixture really of, of shape issues and also individuals maybe not being um, aggressive enough with their passing, but also the players receiving the ball, not um, turning on the ball quick enough. A lot of the time we were seeing um, habits receive the ball, play it straight backwards um, or Kovacic is usually quite good in those situations, receiving the ball and turning and, and running at players, um, maybe lacking a bit of sharpness or, or just um, you know not performing well on the night. But um, I think uh, things improved in the second half. You saw um, we started to build out better from the back. I think that the, the first goal in the first half actually came from um, exactly that, Jorginho dropping in a little bit further moving the ball quickly to Chilwell and then and, and Chilwell playing a really uh, a nice ball in behind over the top. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as far as the partnership goes, I think Grant, I, I agree with Grant. I'm not quite as, as down on Rudiger as I think some of our fan base is. I think he had a bad season last season, but I think there weren't too many uh, defenders that came out uh, performing well last season. Um, we know that he can be very effective, especially at the left centre-back spot where um, he's he's very comfortable. I think he's quite uh, he's pretty two footed actually, really. Guy, he's got a kind of um, switch of pass on his left foot, and uh, he can actually uh, play out down to down the left hand side uh, to the left back. Uh, certainly a lot better than Zuma when he plays there. Um, but it seems it seems now that I, you know uh, Tamori's kind of fourth, and uh, Christensen's maybe fifth choice. Uh, start of the season, obviously Christensen was starting, so. Lampard really doesn't really have a hold on on, on these centre backs and uh, any kind of idea of the ordering. I think beyond it seems Thiago Silva and Zuma are first choice. Um, I've read some stuff that is it the the new coach we brought in in the summer, uh, Anthony Barry. I think he's a big fan of Zuma, um, and I think Zuma and Thiago Silva really is, is quite a complementary partnership. Um, and I you know I'm not particularly against Rudiger uh, and Tamori them being the third and fourth choice. Um, obviously, I think Tamori will regret not going out on loan. But as fourth choice, I think he'll see games eventually. Um, I personally, I would have liked us to put a little bit more of our kind of energy in in shifting Christensen either out on loan, or, or trying to find a, a club to buy him. And then, you know, I think for me, that would have been more of a settled four to go into the season: Thiago Silva, Zuma, really going Tamori. Um, I think I spoke. Before, I think generally the, the best scenario is to have three of real high quality and then maybe a full-back that can play centre-back. But I think this is obviously a bit of a rare season where you probably need four centre-backs already ready to play. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. But, I mean, I'm agreement with Grant. I'm not too down on Rudiger being back in the fold. I think he can be um, a, a good player for us this season.
2: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's quite interesting. You mentioned about the, the dynamic of your centre-back group and what is ideal... Uh, moving to a season, obviously, um, it can quickly unravel as Liverpool have discovered with um, Van Dijk and Matip and having to really um, rely on um, Fabinho, who's now injured as well. So, yeah, it can it can it can be a bit of a curse if you if you do sort of um, arrogantly enter the season thinking about saving a, a squad place and and using somebody who's a bit more versatile. So maybe this um, this group of five will prove. Uh, useful as the the fixtures stack up, as they seem to be. Um, it's not just a a league cup game. Um, in midweek now, it's going to be Champions League midweek. So all these games every three days are going to be vital. So it's going to be important for Lampard to get the um, the rotation right. Another key selection yesterday, I thought, and for me was the man of the match. Um, was Hakim Ziyech on the on the right? Lampard seems to be pretty gushing about him. In terms of uh, what he can bring, I thought there was um, there was some energy in his performance. The pressing really impre- uh, was really good. Um, the combinations with, with um, Aspel Equator um, showed some signs of encouragement, um, notably in the first half. I thought the uh, the switch out to um, Callum Hudson-Odoi, the build up to the, the first goal, I thought that was that was impressive. And, um, yeah, it was, it was obviously um, the cherry on top of that performance was his, um, his first goal for Chelsea. Um, Grant, what, did, what, was, um, what was your view on Zx performance? And um, for me, his, his emergence as, a, as an option on that right is, is, is absolutely uh, vital to the way Lampard wants to set up. And he can really distinguish himself as the first choice option on that right, in my opinion. How do you see his first... Um, his first well, his start here, and um, on what he can bring moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think I'd echo what what Will said and what you've said about um, firstly us progressing the ball, and then Zeek's performance. I mean, in the first half, I think we looked really, really sloppy. We couldn't play through them. They were really compact, just letting our centre backs have the ball. And Zeek was the one player who looked really up for it. Obviously, starting his first game for the club, um, he wouldn't have the fatigue that everyone else had from the from Old Trafford. Uh, even though we did have three rest days, we had to travel to Russia. Um, he was really impressive, Thought he linked well with Azpilicueta. He didn't come inside too much. He came in a little bit and gave some room to, you know, for, for overlapping, but not sort of leaving his position completely. I thought his counter-pressing was great. I mean, considering we couldn't actually play through them, some of our best attacks were when we'd sort of got the ball forward a bit earlier. I can remember, I think, Zuma hitting one over the top for Werner that was headed out, and then us counter-pressing on that second ball, and Ziek was a big part of that. He is good pressing. It's I think I've sort of mentioned that I have some doubts whether he can drop right into the defensive line and track a, you know, an Andy Robertson or that type of, that type of um, you know defensive job. But in terms of pressing, obviously he's come from Ajax. He's really good at that, and I thought his performance was excellent, really positive. Um, I think in the first half quite a few decent shots, taking his man on. In the second half, a lot of those those sort of a trademark passes where he cuts inside and looks for the big diagonal to the far side. Of course, we has run one really good one towards Chilwell, where hudson Adoy and Chilwell got in the way, Uh, but there were so many of those examples. Clearly players around him were expecting that. And I think he got 18 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, obviously scored. So I was really impressed with him because he hasn't played a, he hasn't started a competitive um, club game since March because the Eredivisie didn't resume after COVID. So he was always going to be playing catch-up. And I think Lampard's handled it pretty well. He's had a uh, about three I think sh- sort of short sub appearances and now he's in from the start and I wouldn't be surprised now if we see us play that for that front four that Lampard's clearly been moving towards with you know Ziyech Havertz and and Pulisic off um, of Timo Werner and if we can just have the rest of the side relatively balanced those four you'd think will kind of develop a chemistry and win us matches I mean Lampard does seem to be banking on that he sort of said this week that um, some is building and he doesn't have to coach sort of too much on the, the front, you know, in the, in the front line. Um, there'll be a lot of off the cuff play and a lot more reliance on individual quality. And that might be the case that these four players develop the real chemistry and can do that. Um, yeah, I think it was a really positive display. And I'm quite excited for what's to come because that right sided position is up for grabs. You know, Pulisic played there, not quite at home Hudson had always played there, but we know Lampard's not really sold on him yet, or at least he hasn't done enough to, to really make that position his own. So I think that's that's really an easy selection sort of going forward for, for Lampard, just to to plug Ziak in there. And they also seem to have quite a good relationship. You know, he's spoken a lot about how Lampard was on the phone to him, um, convincing him to join, you know, sort of um, selling him the project or the playing style. And just the embrace when he went off, you can see they've kind of got a you know, a good chemistry between them as people. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to, to see what he has going forward.
2: And yeah, I think it's um, it's very promising the way that um, the way that he he performed without the ball. I think you mentioned some some doubts or maybe just a, a reservation about how he can how he can contribute not just pressing but but tracking runners. And I, I thought it was particularly in the second half, he he emerged as a bit of a, a lightning rod for. Uh, the the counter attacks, the way that he he followed the, the overlap or the underlapping run from Krasnodar, um reached around, uh, managed to sort of scuff the ball away from them, and and it really did um, lead to several dangerous counter attacks. I think with him and his ability to to pass it over over such long distances, you could see Chelsea like progressing the ball very quickly with him. I think you can see two or even three pass moves going from deep into your own half to the edge of the opposition's box I think that's a that's a, that's going to be another weapon for Chelsea and um, you look at the pace in the team as well um, notably with with Verner I think uh, that's something that Lampard will work on um, on Verner obviously um, game of two halves really for him he he sort of um, appeared a little bit lost in the first half um, not obviously there was a sea of bodies in front of him and or between him and Zuma and Rudiger and and not much uh, desire to to progress the ball. Um, unlike um, Tammy Abraham, who's who, who does sort of venture back or is able to, to to take the brunt of a an aerial duel to to get himself involved. I thought Werner eventually did get him a game and we. we it's worth mentioning now that uh, the penalty in the first half when it was 0-0, Jorginho took it, committed the keeper as he always does, and then. Just sort of dragged it onto the post. Um, so then, um, when the the next penalty came up, which um, I think is also worth adding, is was a, I mean, it was a nonsense, wasn't it? Um, well, in my opinion, anyway, the Pulisic shot, which which uh, was handled, and then um, to add insult to injury, uh, a yellow card. Um, I mean, I just can't I can't understand that. So I think overall, it is worth mentioning that while it was a four nil, uh, four nil victory, I think you look at. Um, Safanov, the, the goalkeeper, he basically contributed to two of the goals and then he had the penalty as well. So while it, it, it looks rosy and it's the perfect game on paper for Chelsea because of the, the goals for Ziyech and Pulisic, Werner getting another one, I think he, you've got to sort of take it with a pinch of salt. But on, on Werner, Will, um, you mentioned, um, I mentioned that he he grabbed the ball in the second half and dispatched that penalty with Jorginho off the pitch. Um, is that now Chelsea's penalty taker? Um, he took it with some some venom, um, and now it's like two and three for Jorginho. Is that is that enough for Lampard? Two misses and three. Is that enough for Lampard to to shift him out and, and give it to his star striker, who could do with a couple of freebies um, in in his um, in his goal scoring record in the early days at Chelsea? Uh,
0: I hope so. I, I I'd rather you know Werner takes penalties. I think Jorginho's missed two. Um, penalties that we've got from open play and he also missed one in the shoot in a shootout for us um I, yeah I, I'd, I'd rather Werner t- I think it's a it's a good time now you've got a, a new signing that's come in who's obviously needs goals wants goals and Verner can clearly take penalties as well so I, I, I think it's it's only fair now that it maybe goes to Werner um, but just just on uh, Ziek briefly yeah I, I was also really impressed I think he he's going to just, he's way more direct than a lot of our other attacking players, which I think we need. We, I think at times we've lacked a little bit of variation in the final third and at times he's got quite an unfussy style, kind of wants to get out of his feet quickly, look forward for a pass, look forward for that cross to the far post and um, or look to get a shot off. So I think he adds good variation. Uh, I think I've talk, talked a little bit before about how I like Liverpool, Liverpool's approach sometimes in the final third. I think they're, they're quite direct. They want to get crosses in. They want to, Get the get the back four kind of backpedalling, um, force teams back, force teams back yeah, really deep. So I think Xie can be a real weapon in that in that sense. Um, on Werner, I don't know. The more I thought we struggled, I thought we really struggled uh, again. Um, I think I tweeted <laughs> yesterday that the more you the more you see him, the more you kind of uh, are reminded why he probably didn't play up front on his own much for Leipzig. Um, and he either played, obviously, up front with Paulson, who's a big sort of target man, or uh, to the left in a, in a free. Um, and, yeah, I think he struggled again. He struggles to, to link the play, hold the ball up. I think I mentioned it in the last episode. We can't, because we, we don't have the um, luxury of the encompassing view. We can't see whether he's kind of angling and making runs into the channels. But I think you'd have to kind of assume he's not, um, which is something that he did really well against Brighton in the first game. Um, so I, I really, the more I watch him, the more I think he's a he's a bit more of like a Son type player, um, who who prefers to kind of play up front with a striker who who's who's a big presence who can drop off and link the play uh, or hold the ball up and then you know vacate some space for him to kind of come in from from that outside in run a little bit like Son makes and then when he gets into the box invariably I think he's going to score more often than he doesn't. Um, so I think that's really what his game's all about. So. Um, we've obviously got Pulisic that wants to play from that left. We've obviously got Callum that wants to play from that left. So it's kind of how how do you fit them all in? And it seems Frank wants to play him as a nine, but I I, I don't know. The more I, the more I watch it, the more I think it, it just doesn't quite work. And I'm kind of longing for for Tammy or or even Giroud uh, to come into the side and and sort of perform that role. Um, but I, you know I don't know I don't know whether a kind of a change in shape to the to the four three three might help a little bit with that. Um, you know, sometimes uh, I think in the four-two-three-one, you're looking for your striker to to drop in and link the play and offer himself up a little bit more. I think in a four-three-three, three, where you've got two eights that kind of operate um, between the lines or, or ahead of the ball, they can provide a little bit more of a uh, a target for passes to to kind of build the play. So you know, it might be that he's he's um, relied on. Uh, less to to drop in and and, and do that and then you can stay in more advanced positions as a nine and stay in the box and uh rotate Pulisic and things like that uh to kind of get on the end of things as opposed to link the play and then get on the end of things um obviously we we moved to that 4-3-3 shape again uh like I said I think I think we at times in the first half it looked to me like a 4 free free, but I think that was more by accident um but it, you know we clearly moved to that uh Kante holding Havertz and Mount ahead of him sort of uh, midfield three that I think quite a lot of people have been uh, at least curious to see uh, more of. We saw it in the the second half against West Brom. And, uh, you know, I, I think obviously second half of games, things open up a bit more. So you you, you start to see uh, more gaps and, and potentially more chances created. But we do look more balanced. We do look more fluid in that shape for me. Um, I think it's obviously a little bit more attacking. Um, I think when you play a four, two, three, one, you can defend, you know, as a five, you have one fullback maybe a little bit more withdrawn, and then the two midfielders behind the ball, so you defend as a five. Um, with the four, three, three, at times you're kind of defending more as a four, I think. Um, with one fullback uh withdrawn and then and then sort of Kante. But I think the fact that Kante is staying behind the ball is almost like two men staying behind the ball. Uh, like I said, I think he can he can cover those spaces and tr- trans- transition with ease, um, and provide a real kind of platform uh, for for the attacking players to then go and do do, do their stuff in the final third. So, um, and I, personally, I think I think Habits played well last night. I think he got through a lot of work. I think he worked really hard. I, th- I actually think he's a lot more reliable out of possession than people give him credit for. I think he looks a little bit languid and lazy at times, but I, I think that's quite deceptive. And we know how good Mason Mount is, how tactically disciplined he is out of possession, how hard he works pressing. So I, I think that that is a system that can work. It would be interesting to see what Frank goes with uh, against Burnley, um, because obviously I think you know you you would like to think he's he's watched that second half and thought, oh this 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 shape kind of works for us. Let's let's try it against Burnley, who are going to be sitting back quite compact, organised, and maybe you need to have. Uh, some attacking players kind of taking up positions that are a little bit more unpredictable. And I think Mountain Habits could do that. So it would be interesting to see what shape he goes with at the weekend. But I think, um, I think you've got some some, uh, some decent sort of stats on, on the 4-3-3, Grant, and when we used it before uh, last season, sort of mainly after the restart.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've mentioned before how well that shape worked with a single defensive midfielder and two 10s. You know, I think last night you, you are right that we did look like we were playing a four-three-three at least in the second, the second half of the first half. But with Kovacic on the side, it's not really what we're sort of speaking about because it's almost like a flat three when we actually have a very clear shape with one holder and two tens. I mean, we used that shape 11 times last season and won nine of those games um, with Kante being the lone DM um, four times, Jorginho four times and Gilmore three times and that's with uh you know Martin Barkley or i think Loftus-Cheek against Norwich being in the national number 10s and this season we've used it twice we used it at West Brom in the second half we scored three times yesterday we scored three times and i think was it i think three goals in 19 minutes playing in that shape um so i think it's just eventually lampard is going to have to move towards this because i think evidence will start building up just how effective it actually is and he had a, pretty much have no choice but to try and try to go to that shape um, and I think as well last night you know we won 4-0 and obviously we we had that quite fortunate um, second goal from the penalty and then a couple of late goals when Cresnador sort of fell apart and we're really chasing the game but I don't think we play particularly well at all and I think if Cresnador hadn't scored that opening goal from a absolute howler from the keeper we may actually have seen a switch at halftime to that 4-3-3 it's almost like it took there was another 15 minutes grace because we were leading Um, But I think Lampard may have acted sooner, especially with the five subs available in Europe. And I think that might be something we move towards because Kovacic is struggling a little bit. He obviously hasn't played many of the recent games. And I think Kante possibly is, you know, maybe struggling a little bit with his his distribution. So simplifying his role works. And I think Burnley is the perfect opposition to actually do that because we're going to have so much of the game. It just makes sense to play that way. Obviously, um, we set up that way last season. We beat Burnley at home with um, Jorginho as the sole holding player with Barkley and Mounts in front of him. And we used that as well for Brighton and Newcastle at home, which were, you know, quite similar games. Um, teams are kind of going to give you a lot of the position, or at least um, sort of maybe not in Brighton's case, but Newcastle and Burnley certainly. So I think we might see that this weekend.
2: Yeah, I think um, that's a really good point. I think that, that makes a lot of sense when you lay it out like that. The only thing I, I can sort of... Um, say about that or, or the thing that I'm 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 most intrigued by is is whether Lampard opts for Kanté as that holder or whether he he continues to let him play play to the side I think that that is another option with Jorginho holding and and Kanté just a bit more dynamism on, on that right side um, yeah but lastly just quickly on Havertz, um I was also impressed uh, I thought quietly there's there's a player there that can take over games because you saw him dropping right into the right into the number five role at times. That's why it sort of morphed into a 4-3-3 three, three quite early on. I thought that's um, that's a sign of a really good player. We've seen Messi do it for over a decade um, when he wants to influence the game. And then you saw it, the complete opposite. He was uh, willing to get into the box. A couple of near misses um, aerially, I thought, uh, just didn't quite time it. Maybe he can take it down on his chest as well. I think there's the ingredients there for a player that can can really sort of um eventually emerge as a as a as a complete attacking um player for chelsea and um just before we we quickly move on to the Burnley game as a whole um, Mendy again just very solid no fuss um, calm I mean Will it's a revelation isn't it just the way that he he sort of oozes um confidence um it's just it's just a complete contrast to the way that Kepper sort of infects the team with panic, and and it's just it's, it's staggering, right?
0: Yeah, I'm in I'm in love I'm in love with Mendy. I think he's he just looks better and better each game. Um, <laughs> I I saw someone I, I retweeted someone earlier. I I can't remember the name of their account, but they're on my on my Twitter page, and they said we should we should start him with Christensen and Rüdiger just for research, just to see whether this whether he's just like you know we get a clean sheet whoever plays in front of him. Um, you know, he just, he inspires so much confidence. There was that one, I think Zuma actually headed it away when there was a little bit of a, a mess in the box. Uh, and Zuma actually applied a really sort of good header to clear it. But Mendy was there, you know, ready to kind of punch anyone's head off who was in the way. Um, he's, I think on there were some quotes attributed to him about uh, Mendy when we before we signed him. And he basically talked about how proactive he is. Um, and you can see that, I mean, it's not only kind of the saves like at the end of the the game at Old Trafford, but it's also just he's gonna he's gonna stop us having to deal with situations that were just we had to deal with so many defensive situations sort of in the box uh, with Kepper playing. So no, Mendy's um, Mendy just looks better and better. Um, but obviously, taking it forward to Burnley, I think it will be interesting to see. Uh, whether we do go with that 4 four-three-three three shape, I th- I think we will. Uh, as Grant pointed out, we we w- we went with that shape against them uh, last season at home, um, so I can see us going with that again, especially off the back of you know uh, the, the second half performance. Um, and we and, and we all know how much Frank sort of rates Mason Mount, so it's it's a way of getting him and Habits in the team as well. So I can see us um, obviously going with Mendy, and then uh, at right back maybe James comes back in. Um, although it's, it's kind of a bit of a toss-up there at the moment, uh, Thiago Silva and Zuma, Um Chilwell will obviously play again Kante Havertz, Mount and then um, I think it will be Pulisic, Werner and maybe Callum keeps his place, maybe ZX not quite ready to start yet, uh, maybe Callum keeps his place out wide um, Tammy did pretty well in his cameo, got that assist um, when he came on so he, he could play with maybe Werner and, and Pulisic playing either side, but I think it will probably be Werner in the nine again. And uh, I could see Callum keeping his place, despite sort of holding the ice pack over his knee when he was on the bench. I think that was just a precaution.
2: Yeah, I'd um, I'd uh, echo that. I think you're right about James. He'll come back in. I think you, you look at that, that three that ended the game last night. I think that's probably how Lampard will look for this. And I think... You've got to prioritise Burnley over Wren next week. I think um, you could maybe bring Ziek out. I think um, that that makes sense to me. I think you're right. I think Pulisic now looks looks like he's fully up to speed. That's how I'd I, I'd line up with um, Pulisic on the left, um, Callum flanking uh, Werner, and then Havertz, Mount, and and Kante
1: in the hole. Um,
2: anything to add really on the team selection, Grant?
1: Um, and I think you guys have nailed it. Uh, I just think it's unlikely we'll play Abraham, Werner, and Pulisic as a front three in a 4 3 3 because, yeah, you, you're sort of leaving an enormous amount of work for Kante in that shape then. But, yeah, I, w- I think Zek will probably play on the right just to, you know, get a bit of momentum going. And I don't think Lampard sold on Hudson odoi and I don't think he really took his chance last night, despite some quite surprising comments that he'd sort of been the best player in the first half and so forth. I thought he was fairly ineffective. Um, but I think defensively is obviously a big challenge with uh, you know, Wood and Barnes up front. Um, I don't think Thiago Silva would have been used to a challenge like that. And Burnley have been struggling to score, but two, two teams, um, Southampton and West Brom, have sort of set up really to stop them, playing their, their best aerial centre-backs. Southampton going with Bednarek and Vestergaard for that game, and then Burnley using Ivanovic for the first time and Hegazi before he was sold. And they basically just dealt with everything eerily. So I can see Zuma being really important for this game I think yeah it's going to be
2: it's going to be a, a, a real shock for um, Tiago Silva in there but I think there's the ingredients to um, to cope with it so yeah we'll look forward to reviewing that game um, if you support the show follow us on Twitter at Powerful Pod. you can follow all our accounts on Twitter too and please leave us a, a review preferably five star and um, we will speak next week